Hello, everybody. Welcome in to Tricks and Picks, uh, episode 16, I think it is. Um, we're back. Liam, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing better than uh, certain afternoon hosts from Queens, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm doing well. Yes, that's that's certainly true. I mean, whoever you are, you're having a better – just know that you're having a better week than any Brooklyn Nets fan. And if you are a Brooklyn Nets fan, then just be happy that nobody's having a worse week than you. You take the You take the prize. That that was, I, I we do have to lead off with this be, because we're both Nick fans and we kind of have to talk about it from the perspective of Nick fans. I have not seen a team give up like this team has in a very long time. I think this picture perfectly perfectly sums up the series with Ben Simmons on the sidelines. I don't think there's a bigger excuse of an athlete that I've seen in my life than Ben Simmons. Yeah, the first thing I, I would would argue to you is that I don't think that they quit. Well, I, Simmons is a different story, but uh, actually, the, if you look at all four games, they were all very close. Um, in fact, the Nets probably could have won all four of them. Uh, but in terms of Simmons, uh, yeah, I, I, I uh, it was a bad situation from the start for that trade, and um, he's just made it worse. But I probably wouldn't. Have, I think it was in the Nets' best interest to not have played him last night, even though it was their intention to. Yeah, I don't think Ben Simmons wanted to play anyway last night. Um, It it was – I mean, they ended up losing anyway. Like, how bad could it have been? Right. I mean, it – like, it couldn't – I don't – I can't imagine it would have hurt them if Ben Simmons had played. No. Um, But but I'm just saying, like, he is the biggest excuse of an athlete I've ever seen. And this year is the biggest disappointment for a team I've ever seen. A bigger disappointment than the Lakers. The Nets and the Lakers are the two best theoretical teams that we've seen that panned out to be nothing. That's that's basically what the Nets and Lakers were this year. That's how bad it was. Yeah, they were both the, the two top betting favorites. The Lakers were actually number one. Then the Nets were number two. Yes, but... I, I would argue the Lakers was worse. I mean, the Nets, I think you could argue, would win the series against anyone else. The Celtics are a very good team. They're an extremely good defensive team. Uh, yes. And the Nets were the seventh seed. They were the two. The Lakers was just a disaster from the beginning. And the, the one thing that I would say is that the Nets, I think, at least sort of have some direction. If Kyrie Irving resigns, and then you can maybe get Ben Simmons and you have Durant you have, where the Lakers are sort of in just hell right now. They have no direction of where they're going. They don't even have a coach, but yeah, the Nets, yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. I mean, I think that it has to do a lot with disrespect to other teams as well, namely the Phoenix Suns in terms of who the betting and Milwaukee Bucks in terms of who the betting favorites were, but in the beginning yeah, of the season. At, yes. But those were the two teams in the finals. Last year, and right, they had two, right? Two of the best records in the NBA this year. So, right. Well, no, the reason the Nets and the Lakers were at the, were at the very top was because of, they had stacked rosters, right? Yeah. But, but I mean, it, which makes sense because teams with stacked rosters tend to win the most. But you know, everything got thrown at the Nets. It wasn't just to be fair to the Nets. Everything went wrong for them. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong for them. That's kind of how it went. For, for them this this entire season yeah. um it, but just their performance I mean I mean I will say I watched I watched all of game two I watched all of game two and it seemed like even though they were winning almost the whole game it 
was the first time I've ever watched a game where it felt like they were losing, even though they were winning. The entire time, it just felt like they were losing. It's like they're up 10, but it feels like they're down by 15. Like, it was that bad when yeah. they were playing the Celtics because we just saw them nosediving. Even though they were ahead, they nosedived the entire second half. I mean, if they had at least been able to win the first game, if KD didn't play so bad, yeah, they would have at least had a shot. It's a completely different series if they win that first game. Completely it's a completely different. different series. They would have at least had a shot then. And KD just didn't show up the first game. And it, it, was, it, it was just that bad for the Nets. Yeah. And, and, and I wasn't on here to talk about, but I, what I will say, the first game, yes, it's a completely different game for a bunch of reasons. A main one is that the Celtics had a 15-point lead in that game. They lose that game. They lose home court advantage. That would have been a horrible loss for the Celtics. Uh and frankly, Kyrie Irving was on fire that game. He was unstoppable, which was the only game in long in a very, very long time that he's been like that, and and obviously since. And the the Nets, you know, kind of blew it. And I think it had a lot to do with Steve Nash more than it had to do with Durant because yeah, Durant had a bad game, but in that game they take they hit a three with like thirty something seconds. No, it was more than that, but maybe about forty seconds left. And then they let Boston come down and score right away. And then they ran a terrible possession where they had a timeout. They could have they could have taken the timeout. They didn't. And then smartly, Boston didn't take a timeout off the miss because the Nets' defense is terrible. But uh, th- that was a lot on Nash. But in terms of the other games, Durant was not good and Irving was not good. And yes, it had to do with defense. But Durant had one field goal in the uh, in the. So it's final much more on Durant than is on Nash. What? It's much more in Durant than it is on Nash. The first game is on Nash, I think. Oh, you're saying the first game is on Nash. Okay. Yeah. But but the, the, rest of the, the series. series is more in Durant. Yeah, kind of. But if they're, He's they're putting player. two guys. But, okay, but they're putting two guys on Durant, and then they were so – not literally. They, they had two guys running and helping on Durant. And same with Irving. You know, lob the ball up. Get it to get it to Drummond. Get it to, to, to Curry. Get it to Brown. I mean – if there's two guys on you, someone's open. So, you know, it was bad. And 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 Durant shot six free throws in the game three. I mean, attack the basket if you're Durant. It's yeah, he didn't throws. do it. He wasn't nearly a – for a player at his caliber who who is building the legacy that he's building, I mean, how, you, how you're so passive of a player is just beyond me. He was, he was not aggressive enough. You're right. He right. certainly was not aggressive enough. And I will have to say for Kevin Durant – this is a bigger black mark on his legacy than LeBron losing to the Mavericks in the finals. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yes, losing in the first round is worse than losing in the finals. Well, no, no, no. People, not everybody thinks that. Well, only people who outwardly hate LeBron mention that. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I agree losing in the first round is worse than losing in the finals. However... Do you think that if LeBron had lost in the first round instead of in the finals, he would have gotten the same amount of hate? He probably would have gotten less hate if he had lost in the first round. Yeah, I don't know. It. I'm not saying he should. I'm just saying he would have. Yeah, I, I think it's probably true. I, I do also think, though, it's going to be – it would be different if the Celtics win the championship, then I think it's looked at differently. If the Celtics go on a run and they say, well, this yeah. team was so good, then it's looked at differently. If the Celtics are beaten by the Bucks in the next round, then it changes. No, I think the Celtics are a much better team than they get than they're getting credit for. I would argue they're probably the second best team in the NBA behind Golden State. Um, 
or, or and and actually third, I would say behind the Suns too. Well, but they're certainly up there. I think they're the best team in the East. You're right. It does have a lot to do with whether or not the Celtics, like if they just kick everybody, kick everybody's asses in the East, mm-hmm. it it wouldn't look as bad for the Nets. Sort of like how last year when the Nets when the Knicks lost to the Hawks in five games and and they didn't just lose, they got manhandled. They were hardly yeah. they were barely even competitive against the Hawks. But the fact that the Hawks made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and they were able to beat the Sixers, who are supposedly a much better team, that didn't – it made it look not as bad on the Knicks, kind of. Yeah. Even though even though the Knicks weren't competitive in that series, that's always kind of how it works. But the one thing that I would say that I don't think gets talked about enough, and I think you could take as sort of a, a optimistic view if you're looking at the Nets for next season, is that the series is completely different, especially the way they defend – uh, if Joe Harris was not hurt, because they can't leave Joe Harris open too many times. And Are you saying change... for the Celtics it would have been? Yeah, because it would change the way they would defend. Yes, they can't and... leave Harris too open. Oh, oh yes, that's true. And that's Curry true. also had an injury. Seth yeah, Curry I think was also playing. That well. had a lot to do with it too. I don't, I don't deny it at all. I think that had a lot to do with it too. I'm just saying they should have been. They should have at least been able to be competitive against the Absolutely. Celtics. They should have won at least the game. The other thing is that yesterday's game, and, and I'm not alone in this, was horrifically officiated. Yes. Uh, Seth Curry had three fouls in about two minutes, and, and th- they were questionable fouls. Like Durant got a, a, a foul early where he had his forearm to stop Horford when Horford didn't even have the ball. Like I don't, I, they need to leave off calling those fouls in playoff games. Normally they do, but sometimes, occasionally, you get these refs who just are who just want to call on everything. But usually, in the NBA, usually in the playoffs, the game is a little bit more physical, and the refs tend to do a little bit less. But for some reason, yesterday they, they were terrible oh. in the series. Yeah, they, I, the I, series. I thought the refs were terrible that entire series. As well. Yeah, that's what I meant. That entire series, not just yesterday, the entire yeah. series, they were terrible. Yeah. Um, but you know, we're Nick fans, and you know. I do kind of have mixed feelings about this. Um, Partly, mainly, I would say the main reason I have mixed feelings is because um, they lost to the Celtics, and we kind of hate the Celtics, or at least we're supposed to hate the Celtics. Um, I think there's a little bit of a generational divide between younger Nick fans and older Nick fans. Um, I think most Nick fans who are older than, say, 45 were rooting for the Celtics, I mean, rooting for the Nets, while most Nick fans under... It's 40, 40 or 45 rooting for the rooting for the Celtics. I think they're I know you hate the Nets more than you hate the Celtics. I hate Celtics what is that on right now? You're wearing a Celtic shirt? Not a Celtic shirt, but it's Celtic colors. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna root for the, the Nets ever. I know I I look, I'm not gonna root for either team. However, if I have a choice between the Nets and the Celtics, I prefer the Nets. Now, I don't know any Celtics fans, though, either. So What? I don't know Celtics fans. I know Nets fans, so that changes it. I know a few Celtics fans. I know a few Celtics fans. Second of all, I do naturally have a little bit more of a hatred for Boston, and I naturally, just as a fan, have a little bit more of a hatred for the Celtics than I do for the Nets. Now, I would never – now, the biggest fraud, I would say, is Spike Lee. Yes. He's the biggest fraud. I think it's a joke that – I don't think it's wrong that he would root for the Nets over the Celtics. What I think is a joke is the fact that he would go to Bar- to the Barclays Center and openly cheer them on. That is madness to me when you're essentially the fireman Ed of the Knicks. That, I think, is the biggest joke. Like well, It would essentially be like if 
Fireman Ed went to the Giants Patriots Super Bowl and started cheering on the Giants. Like yes. I would say that Sense. is absolutely pathetic. Yes. Well, it's worse because the, the Nets and the Knicks are in the same division. Uh, yeah, the Nets and the Knicks are bigger rivals than the Jets and the Giants. So the, the Jets and the Giants don't play each other for you – know, they play each other every other every four years or so. The Knicks and the Nets are in the same division. They're actual rivals, and our fans do kind of hate each other. So it's actually worse. I agree with you. Well, and I want you – when you say that you don't hate the Nets as much, I want you to – which you should have done during the series. Go back in time. Go to 2014 – at a hula hands in New Jersey, game seven, Toronto versus Brooklyn. And Toronto has the last shot, and you are sitting with five Nets fans. And that shot gets blocked. And think about that moment, and then tell me that you don't hate the Nets as much as you hate the Celtics. Oh, I hate the Nets. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do. I'm not saying I – look, and I'll never understand these assholes who always say, like, oh, I'm a New York fan. I root for the other team because they're from New York. Like like how Tyron Lue was suggesting that fans in L.A. Yes. do make the fans root for the Clippers. Like, yes. no, that's not how this works, okay? I am a Met fan. I am not a Yankee fan. I have I root against the Yankees just because I like them more than the Phillies doesn't mean I like them. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I have no loyalty – to to the Yankees just because they're a train ride away from City Field, like that doesn't make any sense. Like, right. like in fact, geographically where I'm from, I'm closer to Yankee Stadium than City Field, but I don't care because the Mets are my team. Like I like I have no loyalty to them just because they're in the same city. Right. Auburn fans don't root for Alabama. Like yeah, exactly. Like I'll never understand that type of mindset, and just Spike Lee doing that to me is just so embarrassing that he would just abandon his team like that. I mean, the, the, the only thing I will say is that he's from Brooklyn and the, the team was not in Brooklyn when he was growing up in Brooklyn. So he might have been a Nets fan if he had yeah. grown up at that time. But you but know what? Yeah, if the queen had balls, she'd be king. So. Right, of course. So, but, I mean, the way I see it is you should just not be rooting for your cross-town cross rival like that. Even though, even though if the Nets were in Brooklyn at the time when he grew up in Brooklyn, maybe it's true that he would have been a Brooklyn Nets fan, but it, it's not, it doesn't really matter. It's not the point. Like, right. like, you know, Yankee fans from Queens would have been Met fans. Right. If, if they had been around, like it's the yeah. same thing. Yeah. It was, it was not, it's, it's, I mean, he's a, he's been a fraud since day one of everything, but, um, but yeah, I, 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 I couldn't root for the Nets. And, and again, let's not forget that basically Durant and Irving were basically choosing between the Nets and the Knicks and sign with the Nets. So, you know, it, it's not like it's like we have no correlation to each other. And a lot of people th say that, like, they um, have been like, well, the Nets, it's not a rivalry because they're new to Brooklyn. But they're, they're, they've are they're been in the area for, like, 60 years. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So, First of all, the Knicks and the Nets didn't just become rivals right. when they went to Brooklyn. Right. There really is no difference between the Brooklyn Nets and the New Jersey Nets other than, you know, one called themselves Brooklyn, the other called themselves New right. Jersey. Branding is essentially the difference. Branding, that's it. But to us, to people who are – to Nick fans, there is no difference between the Brooklyn Nets and the New Jersey Nets other than that, you know, getting to the games might be a little bit easier depending right. on where you live. That's the only difference. Right. I didn't, I didn't hate the uh... – I didn't hate the Islanders any less because they moved to Barclays Center for like three years. Like it, it doesn't like the same team. Like so, it's it's yeah. yeah it's, it's it's completely irrelevant. It's all. It's not like it's not like the Brooklyn Dodgers moving to LA. Yeah, it, it's not like that. It's the same. It's essentially the same city. 
mostly the same fan base. So there, there's a little bit more bandwagon Brooklyn Net fans, probably. Yeah, I, and and uh, for me, I mean, and we, we went to the same high school in New Jersey. Like when when we were in high school, the Nets, the Knicks were atrocious, and the Nets were in the playoffs with that team with Joe Johnson and Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, and it was like I would dread having to go to school the next day to deal with uh, all the fake Brooklyn exactly. Nets. But but yeah, but with all these, so I I hate it. So I hate them even from that. Like it's so I I can't understand people who root for both. Yeah, I'll ne- I'll never understand. I, to me, it just seems like a thing where it's like you're not really that re- that big of a fan of either of those teams. If you're just right. gonna root for both, like I'm a Met fan, but I root for the Yankees when the Mets are out. <laughs> like, right. like, like I- I'll I'll never understand that. It- it's it's just crazy. It- it's just craziness to me. Um, so I mean, I don't know. Do you think how much of this do you really think is on Steve Nash though? Well, none of it because he's not really a coach, right? I mean, he doesn't do anything. It basically, he's a fig- he's a guy that Kyrie and Durant wanted to play under because he's more of like a player's it's a, coach. It's a hundred percent on uh, Sean Marks and Joe Sy and all these guys because they they've let Kyrie Irving do whatever he wants, and and they can say that the vaccine thing, which is whatever, a lot of people didn't get the vaccine. Yes, it was an issue this season. Last season, he went AWOL for two weeks yeah. because his. Uh, his sister's birthday. Um, he had a lot of issues in in in, in Boston. Uh, they let him do whatever he wants. Um, James Harden, they let do whatever he wanted. To the to the extent Ben Simmons, they've let do whatever he wants. And it's frankly, they it's the way of the NBA right now. But they've had no discipline. Um, yeah, it's a clown show of an organization. A player, and you know, I listened to a press conference a few weeks back with Gino Oriema and he was talking about uh, there's only one way still to win a championship and you have to be disciplined and they let these guys do whatever they want. So um, it's, it's, uh, I think it's on them. I mean, I, I feel bad for Harden, but because I think he was in a bad situation with Irving and they didn't like each other, but how much time are they going to let Harden do whatever he wanted? How much are they going to let, how long are they going to let Ben Simmons Sit on the bench. I mean, it's one thing when you're sitting on the bench, but when he's had the the, the career he has had, he hasn't played in a year. He's sitting there in 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 ten million dollar outfits, and then he's going to say, you know, um, all this stuff. It's it's I, I I hate that. I mean, Simmons is ridiculous. Yeah, obviously, everybody everybody sees right through the Simmons thing. I don't know. It might even lead to some rule changes. Um, I think James Harden, he went to Brooklyn because he wanted he thought he would get an easy ring. And it and obviously he went through a little bit adversity and he just gave up. That's yeah. really what just happened. He was under the impression that, oh, I'll play with Kyrie and KD. We'll we'll easily get to a ring. And he just wasn't willing to deal with any sort of adversity that may have been thrown at him. And he was just like, Okay, I want out. That's what I think happened. Um, speaking right. of all this. Um, wait, do you have more to add to this? I just wanted to say real quick that yeah. Harden, one of Harden's, uh, I agree with you because one of Harden's reasons that he said he didn't want to live in Brooklyn was that it was cold during the winter and it was, uh, you know, crowded city and stuff like that. And then he went to Philadelphia, which is the almost the exact same thing. So it's very true that all he thought was an easy ring. And I just wanted to point out that now he is possibly going to blow a 3-0 lead. Right. Um, which I think would be fun to watch. I will have to say, um, I would much rather live in Brooklyn than in Philly. Yes. Brooklyn, 
has Philly has the same problems that Brooklyn has, except Brooklyn has much better strip clubs than Philly does. <laughs> I don't think there's much. I don't think there's much debate about that. I mean, Brooklyn strip clubs way better. Um, so I do want to um, the NBA playoffs odds changes. Um, last week these were the odds. Uh, hold on a second. Wait, uh, Suns. Actually, yeah, that was so that's two weeks. Right. That was, that was um, yeah, weeks, Suns yeah. plus 300, Warriors 375. Uh, um, so that was it last week. The yeah. Nets plus 1400. It's funny to see now. Um, <laughs> so now the odds are the Warriors and the Celtics both jump the Suns. The Suns are just – I mean, I don't know Devin how – Devin Booker is hurt. What's that? It's because Devin Booker is hurt is one of the main reasons as well. But yeah, That's one of the main reasons I'd say. Um, I, I think it's also because – yeah, I, I'd say it's because Devin Booker is hurt. Also because they're not exactly cruising through this series like they were supposed to. Right. It has a lot to do with that too. And because the Celtics manhandled the – like I think the betters are seeing the Celtics look yeah. like a better team than the Suns right now. Uh. I will say the team that's on right behind me, the Miami Heat, I've never seen a team more disrespected. They're, they're the number one seed in the East. They're beating up on Atlanta right now without Jimmy Butler. Uh, and no one's talked about them. They're behind three teams in the East. They're behind the Suns, who are who have a worse chance to win. This. The Heat are about to win the series here. The Suns might go down 3-2 tonight. So they, they've been disrespected. And um, I, I want to point that out. But love the Celtics. Warriors have been unbelievable, and uh, the Warriors have been great. Jordan Poole has looked amazing, um, and that's the thing. I don't know. So now they've got Curry, Thompson, Poole. I, I don't know how you stop Golden State. So um, I'd love to see them against the Suns and, and Celtics, but I, I, I like Golden State right now. I don't know how you stop them. I, don't, I think I like – I think I, – I really do like Golden State in the West. I don't think the Suns would stop them. I think – I don't even know if the Suns would beat Golden State with Devin Booker. Yeah. I'm not even confident about that. Like, I think a lot of it – I mean, part of it is obviously Devin Booker got hurt and all that. But I think I think possibly a bigger part is just how much better Golden State got and how much – like, the fact that they were a three seed, it got them very overlooked. Uh, and I think that had a lot to do with it. Um, the Celtics, though, the t- their level of defense, I think they should they should easily be able to win the East. I mean, we'll see. They got Milwaukee next, so I they'll beat Milwaukee. I feel very confident that the Celtics should beat Milwaukee. Yeah, I, we'll see. I, I mean, I I think sort of. Yeah, I love the Celtics. I, I think they beat Milwaukee as well. I don't think it's going to be as easy as I don't think it's just cut and dry. But I mean, they had this the Nets number. The the Nets won. They played each other eight times. The Nets won the first meeting, and the Celtics won the next seven. So they certainly had the Nets number, but um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's gonna be tough. You got, you've got Milwaukee, but yeah, I like the Warriors out of the West. Um, they will take on Memphis or Minnesota next, who they I, I like them against. And um, yeah, it's um, they're. Um, I think also we had COVID and um, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson's injuries, and people sort of have forgotten how good this Warriors team is. I mean, they're going to be going to four of the last seven finals if they go to the finals this year, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I want to get into the parlay of the week. 
Um, I'll do your parlay first. Um, kind of a uh, across a, an intersport parlay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. so I have the uh, we just talked about the Warriors tomorrow night uh, or tonight if you're watching this. Uh, Rangers, Canadians are terrible. Checked out. Sixers, I, I can't imagine that Doc Rivers is going to blow another lead. I, I just can't see it. Um, I think they're the better team. Uh, Shakir Stevenson's one of the best boxers in the world right now. He should win. And then the Arizona Coyotes are absolutely an atrocious hockey team. So I have the Dallas Stars beat. Well, very, a very greasy parlay, mm-hmm. I'd say. Uh, I mean, I could totally see Doc Rivers blowing a lead. I don't think there's any way that – don't get me wrong. I think the Sixers are easily going to win this, but not because of Doc Rivers. Uh, that's not really the reason why. They're just a much better team. Uh, mine's some, – some parts of mine are actually similar. Um, okay, so DeAndre Ayton to score the first basket, plus 370. Um, the Bucks money line because the Bulls are just checked out. I, I mean, at this point, they're terrible. Uh, Steph Curry over 27 and a half. I think I think betting the over for Steph Curry with that amount of points is good. Um, then the Sixers minus a half a point for the first half spread. So if they're just winning at at the end of the first half, that should be good enough. No, um, no Zach Levine in that Bulls Bucks game either. Right, no Zach Levine. Uh, the, you know the Bulls they, they have a they have a lot of injuries and they're terrible on the road. Yep. They're well. They with that. I mean, they did win the road game this this series, but yeah, they're they did, they're. Uh, but throughout the season, they've been terrible on the road. Yeah, and, and they they got trashed in the last two games against uh, against Milwaukee. I mean, I I, I like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, yeah, we'll we'll see that DeAndre. And I mean, he's the guy for the Suns. This is the one thing I want to say is this is a huge game for the Suns, bigger than it is for New Orleans, way bigger because they lose this three two going to New Orleans. It's more of a must win for the Suns. And and the and the Pelicans and um. And the Pelicans are playing with house money. Yes. And also, in that same vein, much bigger game to me for Philadelphia than for Toronto, even though it's an elimination game for Toronto. Well, maybe I shouldn't have said it was a much bigger game. It's an elimination game for Toronto. But if Philadelphia loses, the whole narrative is going to be about Doc Rivers' blown series. It's going to be such pressure to win Game yeah. 7. No, no. Um, if Toronto loses... It's not the end of the world. They weren't supposed to win the series anyway. Um, if the Sixers lose, that's a huge letdown. The pressure is on them because if they go, if they lose this and they go into Game Seven, the second they go down, say like Toronto hits the first three shots or something, the crowd is going to be very un- un- restless. It's going. They're going to be the crowd will be brutal. They'll be terrible, and you know. Yeah, Philly fans. That you don't want to. You don't want to get on Philly fans' wrong side. They are. Right. They're. They're pretty vicious. I, I'd have to say. Yes. Yeah. With the Suns. Uh. Yeah. That too. It's. But it's the same thing with the Suns. And not only just for the Suns, but also Chris Paul, yeah. more specifically than the Suns, yeah. because then the narrative is the same thing about Chris Paul. That you know he can't win the big game and he can't make the finals and he doesn't win and you know that whole thing with Chris yeah. Paul. And uh, yeah. so it, it's another big thing for them. I think that, I mean, in terms of the odds, the Suns are still much more heavily favored to make the finals than yeah. the Sixers are. It's it's, but I I it's the biggest upset ever. Um, if, if the Pelicans, in terms of a series, if the Pelicans beat this Suns team, I mean, the the first thing that comes to mind when I think about the upsets is the Warriors beating the, the Mavericks. But this 
Suns team is 31 games ahead of the Pelicans. Um, The Pelicans were like a nine seed. Um, The Pelicans barely got in. They're only in because of the play-in. Only because of the play-in. Biggest upset ever. Um, So this is this would be stunning. I I will say that the Warriors. It would be like the Warriors just cruise right in. But I think it would be bad for the NBA if that were to happen. Um, I think the NBA would rather see. I think most NBA fans would rather see a Western Conference Finals between the Suns and the Warriors than between the Warriors and some far, far inferior team. Uh, yeah. With that being said, though, um, if the if the Pelicans win, they would play the Mavericks, who probably win, and Doncic versus Curry would be uh, would be huge. That's true. That's true. It it would be huge if they were able to keep it close. Yeah. If Doncic just plays pretty well, and but the Warriors are that much better of a team, it's not that great. After I still think Curry. Doncic versus Curry brings a lot of eyes, though. But yeah, it does. That's true. The and, fact that the superstar driven aspect of it does bring and, a lot and of Dallas eyes. and uh, San Francisco are in the top ten cities in America as well. But yeah, it's it. I, I think the Suns would be a better series. But yeah, I I I would also like to see them. The, the Maverick. The Mavericks have to get through the Jazz. It's only three two. Well, they should easily get through that. They just killed them last night. I know, um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. And 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 Doncic has to, of course, stay healthy as does Curry. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be. Uh, I, I, these have been really good playoffs. I mean, I, I I've been loving it. Everybody loves to trash on the NBA playoffs. I don't really buy it. I think the NBA playoffs are pretty good. Yeah, um, not as good as the play-in games. I think the play-in games are really good. But you know what? I mean, I don't know. I mean, the the people don't really believe that. I mean, the ratings aren't bad for the NBA playoffs. Right. So I don't really buy into this yeah. whole NBA bashing thing. People, and, and, yeah, and, and people people cited ratings like when when it was in World, Walt Disney World during the middle of a pandemic. Like, yeah, you can't. Like, it's totally different. Like, yeah, it is. It's totally different. Um, so I want to talk about the NFL draft. Um, so so combined, our teams have forty percent of all top ten picks. Forty mm-hmm. percent. Um, and I did notice some changes. Some odds changes. Um, Aiden Hutchinson for at least a month, probably even longer than that, months, was heavily favored to be the number one pick. Mm-hmm. And now it's pretty – now it's uh, pretty overwhelming Trevon Walker. Yeah. That is supposed uh, – that is supposed that is going to be the number one pick. Um, I don't know what happened. I just looked at the odds earlier today, and then I went back, and I was like, wait, this has got to be a mistake. Why is Aiden Hutchinson not clear – not clearly number one. I actually bet on Aiden Hutchinson when it was like minus one ninety or something because I was that confident. What is it now? Now it's like plus two twenty five. I think I like. Um, I still like Hutchinson. Yeah, I plus two twenty five. I'm seeing a lot of mock drafts still say Hutchinson. Well, and it's a safer bet. Why is it a safer bet? Because it's just like the. It's a it's a big you know exciting player and and it's more of like a lay. It's more of like a. I don't know how to say it, but it's more of like a layup than if you take um, Walker. But I, I, I think it, it would be. Um, I think I just think it, I just think a defensive player is going to be bigger than um, in this draft, at least. Well, yeah, a defensive player is without question going to go first. I think this is a very defense-heavy draft. I would say a lot of good edge rushers. You know, this year in particular. Uh, so, like, Aiden Hutchinson, I already took that bet a while ago. So, even if it turns out that he ends up getting picked first, I'm only getting the odds for what I got a month ago. Right. About. 
So I'm not really gaining anything big from that. Um, so I also looked at some of the, I also, so apparently, but he's supposed to, he is heavily favored to go to number two, to go uh, to find Aiden Hutchinson. That is to go at number two. So it's not like the jets are going to get a chance to get him. Um, well, he's got, if he doesn't go number one, he is from Michigan. The Lions are taking him if he doesn't go number one. So that, yes, that's no question. I to I totally agree. I think there's almost no chance that he doesn't at least go number one or number two. Uh, but I also looked at the odds, and you know the odds always change. And um, uh, and the number, the number one, the first corner to be taken now is, or at least the the heavy favorite from the number three pick is now Derek Stingley. So Derek Stingley now has better odds than Ahmad Gardner. Um, and it also looks like the Jets might be able to get Kayvon Thibodeau at yeah. number four. I always like Kayvon Thibodeau. I always wanted the Jets to get him. The Jets were a terrible defense or at least a weak defensive team last year. And they were one of the lower ranked teams in terms of sacks. So the Jets need an edge rusher. I think Kayvon Thibodeau would be the best. Like if Kayvon Thibodeau falls into their lap, just take Kayvon Thibodeau. That's the easiest pick. Um, but like like beforehand, I would have thought Thibodeau wouldn't have been available for right. the Jets. Um, now the question is, what would you give up for Debo Samuel? I would give up a lot for Debo. I would definitely give up a ten pick for Debo. Um, you know why? Mainly because the Jets are very likely or most likely going to get a receiver at the 10 pick anyway. Mm -hmm. um, based on the odds, Jamison Williams and Garrett Wilson are both plus 250, Drake London plus 300. And then the next guy behind those three is Derek Stingley plus 600. So it seems pretty in all likelihood, it seems most likely that the three best receivers in the draft would fall to the Jets at 10. I would rather have Debo than any of those guys. And so I would totally trade the 10 for Debo Samuel. That's a no-brainer to me. I wouldn't give them anything for Debo Samuel if I was them, if I was the Jets. Why would you Why would you trade a pick? So you say they're going to get a right. This is probably, you would agree with me, this is probably the best receiver draft in a very long time. Yes. In terms of receivers. You've got three, you've got guys, Wilson, London, that could be very good pros, right? So why are you going to trade a pick for Samuel? Then you're going to have to pay Samuel when you could draft a receiver and keep him under a rookie for five years. Because we already know keyword. You said could be very good receivers. We already know Debo is a great wide receiver. And you're going to have to pay him like a great wide receiver. Okay, then pay him. I'm in favor of paying him. The Jets have a lot of cap room. They, they can afford to pay him. They got a lot of positions they need to fill as well, though. But yeah. Yeah. But it, you know, Debo was one of the stars. I absolutely would. I mean, we have plenty of draft picks. I mean, you don't think that we will be able to get a good offensive lineman? We'll see. I mean, you, so you're going to give up. You're going to – well, the, what they have to do then is and they have to – You don't know how good these guys are going to be. Just because they're good in college doesn't mean they pan out in the NFL. You're going to so you're going to get – you would have to take an offensive lineman at four and then give him the 10. But they're probably no, going to ask for next year's as well. Yes, that's probably true. I um, honestly don't think they, they're, they're going to trade First Samuel. of all, let, let me be clear. I am not going to say that any deal would be worth it for Debo Samuel. I mean, it could be true that the Niners might ask the Jets for way too much, and I would say, no, 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 Debo's not worth that. However, I would be willing to give up the 10 pick 
for Debo Samuel. Because I would rather have Debo Samuel than Drake London, Garrett Wilson, um, or Jamison Williams. Any of those three, I would rather have Debo. But And I would probably be willing to pay for it, in spite of the fact that you have to pay more. I doubt that they I, – I honestly don't think that, that San Francisco trades him. I honestly think and, – and they're better off not trading him. You no, just no, you're right. I'm Champions saying if we could get him, if. Yeah, if you could get him, then yeah. But again, like I just think you're going to have to pay him. I don't think that the Jets are one guy away from – from winning the Super Bowl, so no, of course not. I don't think loaded conference. Is. Like I think the Jets are better off just taking. I, I would take uh, Drake London, but uh, I, I think they're better off taking and keep him under a rookie. These guys are you're gonna have to pay Samuel, and then how do you know? We didn't know that Samuel was gonna do this at the end of the season last year. So how do you know that he doesn't do it again? Like yeah, it could not if we keep him happy. I mean, I, I think the players do this as a negotiating tactic. I think by the way, I think it's very likely. That, you know, he just goes back to the Niners. I'm just saying if the Jets can get him, I would do what we can to get Samuel um, rather than draft London or whoever whoever the, the receivers are. I, I would rather them do that if if the opportunity presents itself. If not, then just take one of those guys. Take, um, take any one of those three I think would be good. Right. I, I wouldn't sneeze at any of those three. But I would rather have... You know what you know the saying? A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Right. Two in the bush, yeah. Yeah, I didn't mess that up. Um, yeah, I would rather have a guy that we already know is great than players who may or may not pan out in the NFL and on our team. Especially considering the fact that, you know, you have a young quarterback, you have to provide them with weapons. And Debo Samuel could be a running back too. He's almost like a he's almost like um yes, a hybrid. hybrid, yeah. That's basically what he is. I mean, he could lead the Jets in rushing if he want if he wanted to play running back too. So, I mean, that just makes your playbook that much more versatile. Yeah, I, yeah. I just think that you're you've got tons of issues at offensive line, defensive issues as well. But that's an issue no matter what. Well, yeah, but but now you're going to spend all this money on a receiver. Is yeah. You know. Well, um, so I. Um, I know you're the Giants are yeah. they're picking five and seven. Um, yeah. So it seems like. Hold on a second. Do you know who they're most likely? Who, according to the odds, who the heavy favorite is for the I Giants? Would say it, would be, it would be Evan Neal. No. Kyle Hamilton. No. Let me know. I don't know. Ikem Aquanu. Okay. He's he's the heavy favorite for number five, the offensive lineman. Yeah. Um, Evan Neal, it's Charles Cross, and then Evan Neal a little bit below. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't go wrong with you can't go wrong with Evan Neal either, but Evan Neal will probably drop down a little further. Um, yeah. Actually, believe. Um, and then at seven, the Jet, the Giants are most likely to take Ahmad Gardner, and then right mm -hmm. after that, Derek Stingley. I see. Yeah, so it'll probably be the, like the Giants are going to take uh, are going to take uh, a corner. Yeah, at seven. Yes. Well, you know, I, I think that um, the Giants are in a unique position because most teams have a position they need to fill. The Giants are in a position where they have 22 positions that they need to fill. So uh, they need to get somebody. I would take an offensive tackle, but. I mean, they whiffed on Thomas. They whiffed on a bunch of guys. So I don't know how well that would work out, but I think it has to be an offensive tackle. I mean, how can you, how can you keep Daniel Jones 
and 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 basically essentially keeping Daniel Jones is saying that all the problems that he has are because of the offensive line and then not take an offensive lineman. I think it has to be an offensive lineman. Um, yeah, for at least one of those picks. I mean, how, how I, I don't know how they still can keep Jones or how they justify Jones, but basically when they keep him, the justification is that the offensive line is bad. So it has Which to be, is, by the way, the same excuse they made for Eli all the time. Yeah. When he was older. I agree. And, and but they're not wrong. The offensive well, no, line they're not hurt. wrong. It, they're just using it as justification. Right. But, but jo- I just think Jones is bad too. So, right. Um, I, I think that, and I would love Kyle Hamilton though. I think he's great as well. So yeah, I would love yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, they, they need to fill 22 positions. So I, I think that they are and any way they go, it's tough to miss, but it has to be something. It has to be someone big, someone good. This has to be a good pick. So they can't fuck it up, but they're, they have a lot of positions to fill. It's like a few years ago, they showed the draft needs for every team during the NBA draft. And then I remember draft, this and for everything. the Knicks, it said everything the, the same for the giants, everything. So possibly with the exception of running back, if he could stay healthy, but uh, any way they go, th- I think that would be a good choice as long as the player pans out, but uh, they can't also afford to miss another late pick. I mean, so mm-hmm. it's a new GM. We'll see. I, they also is, there also is talk about trading Kadarius Tony, which again, now you've traded the first round pick that you drafted last year. So I don't know where they are. I don't think the Giants know where they are. I don't well, think- if they were to trade Kadarius Tony, what are they gonna get for him? That's what I'd like to know. I think I'll probably get a first, I think. So you're gonna trade your first round pick for another first? Yeah, it's it's a mistake. But like it's just it sounds like a cycle. Well, I also think I also will say that uh he um Tony wasn't um uh like in contact with the team and doing the team workouts and stuff until today. So that also could have been a, a BS story that they put out there to try and get him to wake up, which is definitely possible. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw this story. Um, Bilal Powell, he is retiring, yep. but he's actually signing a one day contract with the jets. Yeah. Yes. He, this is the only time I've ever seen a player who is actually proud to be a jet. Yes. Well, they, they were showing today, I don't, I'm sure you remember it, but the moment uh, where he had the uh, touchdown where he fell down and then Jacksonville stopped running and then he ran for like 80 yards. Yeah. Um, that was a great uh, run. But yeah, you don't see a lot of, there, there's not like a ton of names in that jet ring of honor. I don't know if he'd get in. Do you think he would get on there? No. No. But um, uh, he, yeah, it's, 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 it's rare. Um, yeah. Where know. was he before this? Before the Jets? No, before he retired. Last season, where was he? Oh, um, I don't remember. He didn't play, but uh, yeah, he was. Uh, I mean, he was he was decent on the 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 team that um, went ten and six that year. So. Yeah, he was probably the best player. He was probably the best running back on the Jets for. Yeah, he hasn't been playing. Uh, he's been a free agent because um, I mean he wasn't on the Jets and he had yeah he wasn't he was just a free agent right. play he's, so he's, he's just gonna officially retire as a Jet. Right, it's like so. Is retired is like is like uh, saying you're not going to a party that you weren't invited to, basically. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> he hasn't played in two years anyway. Right. Right. Yeah, that's a pretty good point. All right, thanks for coming on. Um, we'll be back next week. Um, you know, I wish you all luck on your draft picks uh, for all your teams and your and on your bets.